0: Uh, my name is Dan Guest, president of Guest Plumbing and Heating. Welcome to the second episode of the Guest Life, an entrepreneurial lifestyle podcast where we talk about, you know, getting different people involved from the community. Um, anything that we can give back, we love to. So today we have the opportunity to have Natalie Poquero of Poquero Law, and um, we want to know a little bit about her. So, hey welcome guys. to the Guest Life.
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Hi dance mom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us a bit about yourself Natalie, you know, we uh, we brought you on cuz you're strong independent women in the community and we want to know more about you. Well,
1: I hope I live up to the hype, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I am a lawyer in uh, practicing in Hamilton and Stony Creek and Burlington and I practice real estate, so corporate and commercial, uh, corporate and uh, business law, and then wills and estates as well. So yeah, it's pretty much what I've done for the last uh, seven, eight years. I've been out on my own for the, about the last two and a half and been really, really loving life, living living my best life doing that, that's for sure. Yeah. Best life and you yeah. got a new office coming in soon i do i do it's under construction and it should be ready by the end of the month uh, or early march so i'm really excited to move in there because we'll have Lots of new space for lots more staff, and I've got a team ready to go by the end of the month, so it'll be nice because we'll hit spring and summer, our kind of busy, busy real estate season with a proper full staff, and it'll be uh, it'll be good. I'm pumped about it, yeah. And that, that's a big
0: part of your business is real estate?
1: A big part of the business is real estate, for sure. Um, what's nice about real estate is that my staff can help me out a lot with real estate, and then I can dedicate my time to doing corporate and wills and estates, and yeah, some other stuff as well. So uh, yeah, I would say for me it's probably about 50-50, but, but practice wise, it's probably about 60, 40 in terms wow. of real estate, corporate commercial. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
0: Um, so th- there's a lot more to Natalie because I, I know we're <laughs> offstage as well. Um, so tell me a bit about your, you know, how you balance, you know, being at home as well as, you know, being an entrepreneur, yeah. being from Hamilton, yeah. Um, yeah. having an office in Hamilton.
1: Yeah. So... With respect to Hamilton, uh, I didn't love Hamilton growing up. I grew up in East End Hamilton. Oh, I'm true. an alumni of Churchill. I went to Ballard. Okay. And yeah, so I'm, I'm from, like, you know, the heart of that community. And uh, I still think that's a great community. But when I, I kind of left Hamilton to go away to school, thinking like, yeah, I probably won't be back. And when I went away is really when I realized how much I loved Hamilton and the community we built here. And sometimes, uh, you know, people would say things like, Oh, Hamilton, you know, the armpit of the, you know, Canada or something. And yeah, I go, excuse me, like, cause it was almost like my kid brother. Like you don't get to talk to Hamilton that way. Okay. <laughs> so for me, uh, it really made, I went to Ottawa and I loved it. I loved it there, but I definitely was, was raring to come back. So okay. it was really nice to set official roots here with my own family and my business. And, and I love Hamilton. I think it's great. I think it's uh, it's got a really collegial bar in terms of uh, lawyers to work with okay. and and lots of, um, it's got quite a pulse too. Right lots of business professionals doing lots of cool fun stuff so and interesting stuff so it's uh, it's definitely a cool place to be yeah yeah
0: I mean um, I was fortunate enough to meet Natalie a couple years ago on a you know a, a business entrepreneurial um, boat cruise with uh, some mutual clients yeah. um, and that's kind of where our relationship took off mm-hmm. um, and now getting to know you like I know you, you know you're you're not really getting into the nitty gritty of, of bouncing you know she's a mother also guys yes um, yes yes
1: yes, <laughs> yes forgot
0: yes, about the kids yes are, yes, but, yes
1: yes just momentarily um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: guys it's long it's late in the day um, you know our, our first podcast Was was nine a.m. on a Saturday, and this one, you know, she said she had to take the kids to swimming. So
1: Uh. (laughs) this is Wednesday
0: evening. So the the times are changing a little bit. Wednesday
1: evening, yeah. No, so I do have two young kids. I've got a five year old and a two and a half year old going on thirty year old. Uh, She's super fun and super sassy, and uh, and I I love them to death. And I'm married. I have a husband, and uh, we have a great great family, but yeah, it's a bit of a challenge for sure. I'm self-employed, my husband's self-employed, so it can be a bit of a challenge to figure out uh, who's taking the kids where and when and who's doing pickups and drop-offs. So we have a pretty rigid schedule, I'd say, but also quite flexible because uh, even though we try to schedule as much as we can, like when I get the kids' schedule from school, I'm putting it into my schedule. So right along with meeting with Dan Guest, you're also going to see Isaac Cozy Sweater Day, (laughs) right? (laughs) Because I try to keep it all under wraps but it uh, was definitely flexible because things change. Sometimes I have an emergency or my husband has, you know, work and it can't be rearranged. And so we try our best to schedule around each other and where we can't, we have family to gap fill, which is awesome. We have great in-laws. I have amazing family. So wow. everybody helps gap fill for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a challenge, um, for sure. I, I, like, I guess the, I mean well, I'm gonna say yeah time management is obviously key I feel like that's kind of a bullshit answer because time management's you know is a, is a problem for everybody yeah. uh, one of the ways that I found to really uh, maximize my time management and be most efficient was over the course of kind of the last 10 15 years I've really been learning a lot more about my personality and being really honest with myself in terms of who I am, how my, my personality actually ticks, okay. uh, what my strengths are, just admitting what my weaknesses are. So I spent a lot of my twenties trying to keep up with extroverts going like how like their schedules are crazy. And when I book that kind of schedule, like, why am I so exhausted? This is crazy. Yeah. And then somebody pointed out to me once kind of in my late twenties and said, you know, you're not an extrovert. You're an introvert that masquerades as an extrovert. And it just was like, like mind-blowing yeah. to me, right? a little I, statement, right? Eh? Yeah, because I realized, like, I love to be social and I love to be around people and talk to people and communicate with people. It's not about that. It's just about how I recharge my battery is truly to retreat like I need to book that time away from everybody like just my husband my kids and even if it's 15 minutes to you know a shower to myself where <laughs> I lock the door you know like you just I need to retreat so it helped for me because then I knew okay like so if I'm going to have a day with stacked meetings just back to back to back to back to back mm-hmm. I know that maybe that evening or the next morning I need to book a small block of time where it's nothing like I can just get caught up on you know computer stuff I don't have to talk to anybody like and then it was I was able to ma- like recharge my battery and then maximize for the next stack of appointments or whatever the case may be right so I think that if you can That's really huge. truly yeah like learn a little bit about your personality and just be super honest with yourself in terms of not necessarily the personality you want to be but you know what you're hardwired to do and then I, I do think people can change but I also think that you're hardwired a certain way and if you can kind of work within the ambit of that and maximize your strength you can be super efficient. So I've tried to apply that to how I schedule my time and like I might have a bookings you know straight for two weeks, but then boom, I know I just need a day or half a day that I can look forward to. Sometimes that's only a couple hours a month but it's something, right, that I can just kind of look forward to and put my head down and work and know that I'm going to have that time to recharge, right? So um, that's kind of how I tr- what I try to do with the kids so that I can also maximize. Because, I mean, there's no sense in spending time with your kids if you're going to sit there and stare at the wall, right? You want to be engaging with them and be kind of present with them. And so I try to compartmentalize work and kids so that that way when I'm with them, I'm with them, you yeah. know, and spending that time with them. Yeah,
0: and I bet some entrepreneurs that are going to be listening to this are going to say, "You get three hours a month."
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and for everybody else, you know, depending on who you are listening, and you know, we want to make this out for for not entrepreneurs. It's to everybody, and you know, it's to mothers or you know, um, or fathers or you know, people that are just getting into business or the trades or whatever. Is, you know, time management efficiencies are huge, and also getting back to your core values. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's and so also, interesting. Uh, and also, I mean, this is a, a little less deep, but outsourcing what you can, like I'm a I'm a Prime girl, I'm an Amazon Prime girl, I am an Instacart grocery girl. Like anything that can be delivered to my house that I don't have to go there and do that, I mean, that's that's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah great. I think, you know, so valuing your time. Yes, yeah, yes, I think that's amazing, and I think you know when you when you cherish those moments with, with loved ones. And also I yeah. think, you you know, being an entrepreneur, you cherish work.
1: Yeah. 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 No, work is, work is my third baby, right? Like <laughs> I love my business. My business is my baby. And I, you know, I'm constantly think if I'm not doing something work related, I'm mm. thinking about my business. I'm thinking about ways to grow it. I'm thinking about ways to make it more efficient. You know, you're thinking about uh, you know, some new silly storage system that you think would work best for, you know, you're always thinking about it and, and, but, but I love it. So I think also, uh, that's key. If you're doing something that you don't really love to do, Mm -hmm. you don't want to think about it all the time. And I do, sometimes it's almost a, like, okay, you're getting silly now. It's time to shut this off. (laughs) But you know, uh, I think if you love your business then, and you're truly committed to it, like you've burned the boats, you're all in, uh, you yeah. Know. There's
0: only one option.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's right. It's swim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's swim because yeah,
0: sinking's not an option. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. I think. If, I think. Yeah. I, I just you know you 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 hit a lot of points in terms of communication and like how you manage everything. Um, so to how did you get started in saying like, hey, I wanted to open my own practice in law, and you know, being um, I don't want to say. I would say male dominant industry, but, yeah. you know, I think that's changing. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, yeah. you're attested to that, so.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it, you know what? It was a long, long road for me. Um, I came uh, out of law school. I had already been working. I had been working in the legal sphere for a long time, like even through undergrad and high school. Oh, okay. Like I volunteered at law firms and legal aid, and then before. Locally, locally? yeah. Oh, wow, good yeah. for you. Yeah, and then I got a job at a law firm, and I was doing predominantly criminal work, so this was through undergrad, and so when I went into law school, I thought like I'm here with blinders on. I want to be a criminal law lawyer, and that's that. And uh, then when I got exposed to different areas of law, I ended up going to a different firm on an internship and loved it there. So in Hamilton, and that's where I basically became what I say I was kind of born as a lawyer because I was there as a you know a baby, and then slowly yeah. learned to crawl and then walk, and and you know and so forth until I was running. And uh, for me, it just. Uh, It was a bit of a, my husband, my parents, all self-employed. So they were pushing me for years, like, break out on your own, break out on your own, break out on your own. I was like, no, I don't, I have no interest in doing that. I just want to, I just want to do the law. That's it. The law. I just want to do the (laughs) The law. The law. Yeah. The law. And, uh, and so it was a, it was a while and then finally uh, throughout law school it's kind of a mentality you got to be partner 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 and so you kind of chase that carrot right you put your head down and you chase it and then when it kind of became around the time that I said I should start be thinking about it I thought like do I want to be a partner? I don't know that I do. And so, uh, I thought I really did some soul searching and, uh, and then with a push from kind of a lot of people that supported me, um, they said like, you, you can do this. Like you can definitely do this. You've got enough of a client book on your own. Like, you know, this is your personality, everything you touch, you just work hard and, you know, one way or another, it ends up being successful because you just work hard at it, right until there's no other option. yeah, And so that was that. so I decided with a mutual friend, I decided um. Uh, I was going to move to Stony Creek. A mutual friend hooked me up with another lawyer down there that had some space. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, so I moved into a, a space, and that was that. Just started kind of practicing on my own. And then slowly, um, just kind of – actually, I shouldn't say slowly. It was actually rather quickly uh, through we <laughs> We're through talking, we're talking and, a very short amount of time. Yeah, just... yeah, so it's only been about two, two and a half years. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah, short in business. Yeah, I guess, I guess it is, actually. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it just business started growing and growing and growing and growing and growing until, you know, I just – I needed to add more staff and more staff and more staff and so that's where i'm at with the new space is that i just outgrew the space i was in Mm -hmm. and i needed room for more staff so it was like well if i'm gonna move like let's do it and let's let's you know get a nice big space we can definitely grow into we can add lawyer like you know we can add all kinds of staff down the line so um yeah so that's kind of how i ended up going into business on my own it was definitely a slow slow burn for me it was about five years of mulling it over and thinking i don't know and you know and then finally i just took the leap, <laughs> I guess, so to speak.
0: Jumped gracefully. Yeah. There's yeah. Couple ways to yeah. It. What, um, was there any, you know, struggles being a female kind of jumping out? Was that in your head or is that like, yeah. no, I'm, you
1: know, well, I'm a
0: person and I'm, I'm going to do it. You want. know
1: what? That kind of thing never really, uh, this is going to sound, uh, uh, kind of crazy but it didn't really bother me too much before yeah. I had a daughter so I worked like I mean pred- predominantly doing the area of law that I'm in I mean women are uh, there's definitely a strong presence of women in the legal community mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is young lawyers so like about I think there was a study uh, a couple years ago and about 60% of young lawyers are women So there's not a lot of retention there though okay. and I think it's because it is tough to manage a family and manage, um, you know, a successful legal career. Um, So sometimes I won't speak for every woman, but a lot of women um, kind of find themselves in uh, litigation or uh, family law and areas of law where you're kind of on the court schedule. So it closes at five and Okay. And so you can—it's a bit more family, uh, geared to having a family or a young family. So uh, definitely, it's a boys' club. I think being in kind of corporate commercial, there are a lot of women in real estate, but um, but it can be tough sometimes. Uh, to, you know, to kind of enter a room and sometimes be the only female there. But I, it never really bothered me that much. You just kind of don't think about it that much. And then once I had a daughter, I realized uh, I became much more cognizant of the fact that I was a woman and that there was sometimes some barriers there or some assumptions about me. And then I felt this like burning responsibility to uh, try to at least help pave the way, uh, maybe for all little girls, but even just her, right? Just make, hopefully that she won't have to deal with some of the shit that I deal with sometimes, (laughs) you know? And and one of the things that I get all the time, and so if anybody's listening to this that's ever asked me this, please please don't be super offended or anything, but, uh, because most of the time, like 90% of the time, this is not ill-intentioned, but constantly I get, um, is your husband a lawyer? Is your dad a lawyer? And no, just me. <laughs> just woke up one yeah. day and just decided to be a lawyer. I'm the crazy so, one. Yeah, just me. So um, so th- those are the types of things. I, I, nobody is ever meaning to, to say that to offend me, but it's just, I think, indicative of the society that we live in and, and kind of that framework that... Um, women have to deal with, that there there is this, an assumption that I wouldn't just get up one day and decide to do this, right? Someone must have yeah. influenced me somehow. And so... Um,
0: That's a really interesting point that you say that. So yeah. so for
1: me, uh, I'm just trying my best to, to kind of uh, do what I can to change that perception for as many people as I can so that maybe one day nobody asks her if her dad's a lawyer. Yeah. You know, maybe someone asks her if her mom is.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll so, make that happen for yeah. sure. That's so interesting. I think you know, being um, you know, being female in the industry, like you know, on my side of things, like everybody and their brothers, your dad must have been in the industry, for sure, right? I think it doesn't just come in. You know, I'm sure you get it a lot with female uh, being female in the industry, but um, I think in business and being young, like you're very young and you're very yeah. vibrant, and you yeah, have, you know. Not to, you know, throw everybody out, but like, she's got her shit together.
1: <laughs> right? Like, you know, that she's it very... appears st- that way. Yeah, well, it's all chaos in the
0: back, but um, yeah, like she, you know, she's got her shit together and she carries herself very well. And I think, you know, business owners in general, you know, you've got to kind of have that mask on sometimes when it's not going well. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, one of the questions that I have for you, I don't know mm-hmm. if any of the listeners are going to ask the same yeah. thing, but like, how have you switched from, okay, you know, female in law... You're in a, you know, you're in an area where you are, you know, it's predominantly men. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of female lawyers, but Mm -hmm. um, how do you manage now being a business owner? Because you're a lawyer, but you also employ people. You pay taxes. Now you're going to have a space. Um, You know, how does that play into into roles?
1: Yeah, um... I think that's why people ask me a lot of the time, like, Oh, is it always oh, your, is your dad's firm? Because again, I think it there's just the natural assumption is not, and you're right, it could be an age thing too. Like if, if it's interesting to see that you're getting some of that response as well. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, my parents were business owners, uh, and, and my parents had a very. Uh, I guess untraditional uh, role, like they had a, almost a role reversal, okay. where my dad did a lot of the cooking and cleaning, my mom did a lot of the business end of things. So okay. she was doing the invoicing, she was doing the books and the payroll and all that. So for me, it seemed very normal, like you know, and and my dad just did that because he's not a great numbers guy. So you said, okay, well, if you're doing that, you're busy. So I guess I'll pick up the slack elsewhere. So this is what needs to be done. So I'll do this, and uh, I think that that's great. And so I, and that was long before you know. This is back in the 80s and 90s or <laughs> whatever. So uh, I, I don't think they meant to have any sort of, you know, very um, postmodern family or anything, but it just naturally, I think that just kind of happened just out of sheer, this is what has to be done, so somebody's got to do it. And um, being a, a woman as a business owner, it, it can be tough for sure. Uh, again, I think there are a lot of assumptions made about you. Um, I it's so, so funny. I was just watching an episode of Sharks Tank the other day, <laughs> and Barbara Corkin made a comment about crying, and uh, and and I did tend to agree with it. I think that there. I think that it, men can sometimes have big mega temper tantrums. Yes. Like I've worked for some men that had full blown temper tantrums and it and nobody said a thing. Everybody did what they told them to do. And I think if a woman did that or uh, you know, cried or stamped their feet or whatever the case may be, there would be a complete lack of respect. Mm-hmm. So I think as a business owner, it can be tough to not only get respect, but maintain it. Yeah. And you have to constantly deliver and you have to constantly deliver in a very unemotional way. Um, not to say that, you know, I've never cried, but it's always privately. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that... Same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are you Same, saying it? guys. it it's, like, gonna tear it's that, right a tear of right now. That's not female thing. It's, <laughs> that's everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that's everybody. I, th- I, I don't think that just applies to females. I yeah. think that applies to everybody. Oh, I cry um, all the
0: time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really hard.
1: In the shower. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like but, those aren't tears. Those are, those, are get, those are laughs.
1: But I do think that there's a little extra pressure on women to be... Um, oh, to traumatic. To not... Uh, to be a little less emotional because um, mm. it was just a natural assumption that you know women are emotional, so therefore they you know they cannot handle big business problems or something like that
0: yeah, I can so, totally see that's a mm-hmm. that'd be a you know a really <clears throat> general stigma, yeah, 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 across sure. the board really,
1: yeah. So that's kind of my aim. Like, I'm not trying to change the world or anything, but I'm just kind of hoping that with, within <laughs> yeah. within my community, at least, um, you know, uh, that, and, and I mean, and I deal with a lot of great men and I find that men, you know, of our generation, like your age and um, are, you know, they don't really have an issue with it at all. It's sometimes, you know, sometimes elderly generations. It just depends on the situation, but yeah, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a huge, um, that's a huge point. I think, um, you know, as, as business grows, you know, the pressure is higher and, you know, it's a lot easier. I, we always find like it's easy to yell. Um, it's hard to deal with problems. Um, and, you know, yelling doesn't get you anywhere. and I, I think it's a, a sign of weakness. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yelling,
1: crying, all of that. It's not solutions oriented. No. It's, it's, it, it drives me nuts when that's, when that's the, you know, the response to something. And that's something my assistant's fantastic at is, okay. you know, if, if something happens and a mistake is made, it's not like, Oh no, what are we going to do? It's okay. This is what I did to fix it. You know, one, two, three, just tell me which way you want to go here. And this is what happened. And that, boom. And that's, and it's done. Right. And that's what you need. And I think that's the way you have to approach business too, because things are going to happen. You know, pitfalls are going to happen happen things you least expect are going to happen and it doesn't pay uh, anybody to to sit and cry or have a temper tantrum or you know or be totally uncommunicative mm-hmm. you have to to compartmentalize those feelings and you know and deal with it in a rational way
0: <laughs> sometimes but, easier said than yeah. done but well you know especially you know i'm, I'm sure with law like it's you know there's big dollars on the line. Sure. Dealing with some tight, pretty serious cases, I'm tight sure. Tight
1: timelines. Yeah, tight timelines, big dollars, and, uh, yeah, and, I mean, and client expectations, and there's a lot of uh, kind of interest sometimes at play, and uh, sometimes you really got to stand your ground. I mean, Camelton has a pretty collegial bar, which is really nice. It's really nice to be able to call up most of the lawyers around here and go, like, hey, okay, this is the issue we have. Like, how are we going to work this out? That's correct. But, I mean, sometimes that's not the case, and mm-hmm. sometimes it can come – like, it doesn't often, but sometimes it can – become combative and so again you have to you know maintain the respect level right for sure yeah
0: what um so how did you build your team out? Like where, as a lawyer, yeah. you know, building out an office, where do you start? Where do you stop? Like tell Yeah,
1: well, it's trial and error, I think, a little bit. Okay. Um, so definitely I didn't, I, I will say, uh, as a business owner, I learned some lessons in the beginning about uh, hiring, and I don't think I paid uh, enough attention to the hiring process. Um, now we have a different system in place, and I've done, you know, some... Uh, sharpen my ax a bit in that regard, uh, to try and bring on a great team. I have a wonderful primary real estate assistant who I refer to as my sister wife. If I had a choice between <laughs> my husband and her, it would be tough. <laughs> she is fantastic. Um, so beyond fantastic. And, uh, and she not only, you know, runs things uh, from the, the real estate point of view, but she's also, um, you know, if she sees I've back to back meetings, she's bringing lunch in for me. And in between meetings going, take two bites, please. <laughs> she's that type of person. Wow. So she's a great caretaker and I love her to death. And, uh, from there, uh, fleshing out the team is, you know, you just have to figure out what the needs are, right? So, uh, where are we growing? Where do we want to grow? Um, now that I've had a few years in business, uh, I can see some of the cyclical, uh, okay. We get really busy at this time with this. We, 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 are not so busy at this time with this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you need to have the proper staff in place for the, you know, the certain Upheavals and uh, making sure that that's all in place. So I mean, right now uh, we definitely were splitting up a lot of the general admin work, and so now we're bringing on someone to do full time just general admin, not legal stuff really at all. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just because there's just so much stuff related to the business itself uh, that really, it's I'm at a point where I can't be using my time on that, and I can't be using my staff time that you know you that have specialties in real estate or corporate or whatever the case may be. So it's nice to be able to kind of you know it's it's. Like it's, it's a bit scary sometimes. Like you go, gulp, (laughs) I have to pay that person's mortgage. Oh my God. But at the same time, that's what drives you to, to, you know, just do more and more and more. So when you, when you ask me, where do you stop? There is no stopping. Like that's
0: creating opportunities. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't, I don't really see, um you know, a place to, to stop. And frankly, the space that I'm in should suffice, like it should suffice. Uh, and I can build out the team to rather large, but that said, that doesn't mean that I could stop there. You know, maybe I have more than one office or maybe, you know, if I'm at a point where that space is too small, then fantastic. Let's get a new space. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm, I have no limit. <laughs> Never I have that. I. I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah.
0: yeah. We're both psychotic. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs>
1: Not mildly. Maybe yeah, mildly yeah,
0: but. yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. And I think, you know, giving opportunities. So, you know, talking about opportunities, um, say, you know, we're talking to, you know, we have a huge, um, you know, thing going on with the youth in terms of, like, where people are going to go. Are they going to go to university? Are they going to get another trade? Yeah. What advice would you give to, you know, someone in high school or middle school or, or you know even university that's thinking maybe law's for me maybe not female male um, how would they how would they start where do you, where do you start
1: the only thing i would say is get good grades If you got good grades, you can do anything you want. If you don't get good grades, then you start closing doors, right? When you get good grades, then at the end of the, you know, at the end of your high school tenure, you can decide what you want to do. And I also don't think that that necessarily means going to university or Mm -hmm. going to college because there are a lot of useless degrees. Like let's face it, my my degree in undergrad is in English and that's pretty useless unless you're going to go on and do something else, right? So for me, when I originally went into undergrad, I went for psychology. okay, And I, I beat my head against the wall studying for calculus, like just beat my head against the wall. I went to every practice session. I had a tutor, like you name it. And I went into this exam. I studied so hard and I got a D I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? A (laughs) D I was like, this is insane. I want to go to law school. And on my way to, I took English as a Uh, elective and English literature because I just enjoyed reading and on my way to my first exam in English I got my first car accident I was 17 I got my first car accident and so the whole exam I was in my parents truck and so I was bawling the whole exam. I was—that was the time I cried in public because I was scared. I was like, "Oh my God, I gotta tell them the yeah. grill's demolished!" Before, compared, oh my God. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Before there was Brooke yeah. Law, there was Natalie, and she cried in exams. <laughs> and, and so I wrote this exam bawling and got an A. And so for me, I thought, "Okay, what do I actually want to do here? If I'm going to law school, I need good grades. It makes no sense to mess around with psychology and beat my head against the wall with math. So let's just do what I'm good at, which is English literature. So okay. that's what I did." So what I would say is, if somebody wants to go on, do what you love to do for undergrad, but just make sure that you have a game plan, so that if you end up not getting into to grad school, that you don't not have a completely a yeah, you don't have a completely useless degree too, right? Yeah. So I do think that there is a, a a great opportunity there for for youth to go into trades because there is going to be a huge hole, there is a huge hole in the market. And I think that that would be fantastic. Uh, so I, I don't think there should be pressure on kids to just go to school and get a political science degree for the sake of getting a degree. Yeah. Um, I would not push that on my kids. Like my, my kids can do whatever they want to do. My son's really into building. Yeah. So I think it'd be great if he wanted to be an engineer. But I think it'd be equally great if he wanted to, you know, be a mechanic or be a plumber or whatever makes him happy. And yeah. as long as he just works really hard at it. Yeah,
0: for yeah. sure. And, yeah, I'm sure you'd, you know be able to instill that in them. I think it's interesting to see the differences between kind of, you know, where to send the kids and also I think it's great advice in terms of, you know, get good grades in something that you're capable of getting good grades at if yep. that's an undergrad for you. Yeah. Um, how did you find – where did you go to university? Mac. You went to Mac, yeah. okay. Um, and where did you go to law school?
1: Uh, U of O, University of Ottawa. Oh, wow,
0: okay. So how many years does that take from start to finish?
1: So, like for law school. Yeah. So, uh, if you include articles, so after you come out of law school, you have to write the bar exam, and then you do um, like ten months of articling, which is basically like a, if if you were a doctor, it'd be like interning. Okay. Uh, so it's basically like you're a lawyer, but with a nice like safety net, right? Um, so you have like a principal. Uh, that whole process is eight years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it it seems long, but it really didn't feel Probably that long, long at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I mean, I went into undergrad, I was seventeen wow. at the time. So it, you know, really, it was too young to go. <laughs> In retrospect, crying really like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Going to exams and tears, <laughs> yeah, maybe,
0: you know. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have been driving either, but uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah. At least, were, at least you
0: weren't drinking yet, so that's <laughs> yeah. good. Um, right,
1: right. Wasn't drinking.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, like so. Tell us, you know, you're very involved in the community. Mm. Being from Hamilton, obviously you left and came back, and I think yeah. that's that's big. I mean, sometimes traveling to other places or being involved in other communities, you you value how much your community's actually great. Yeah. Um, and I think Hamilton has a really good. You know, has really good roots, and I think you know we're only getting better by having professionals like yourself kind of stay in the community and kind of keep supporting the community, whether it's buying a house or you know (laughs) writing a will um, that we're going to be doing soon. So, um, you know. What would I know? You do some some stuff. To tell us about a little bit about how you give back to your community.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've had some involvement with Food for Kids, which I think is a great organization. I that. Like I, I can barely talk about it without getting teary eyed. Yeah. Because it's just it just breaks my heart to think about uh, you know a kid being. Um, Hungry. That's like, it just, it, yeah. I don't know if it's my love for food or kids or both, but it just, you know, really breaks my heart to think about that. Uh, so yeah, I've had some involvement with them. I should have more involvement with them, uh, going forward. It's reminding me. And, uh, and I'm also on the board for Habitat for Humanity and, um, Awesome. Yeah, and they're great. I've been with them about two years now, I think. And, uh, yeah, they they I mean they build houses locally in the community, and then we're connected to the more international habitat that builds uh, houses abroad as well. Uh, what I love about it is like the international stuff, I think, is fantastic, and a lot of the board members do uh, have, or have participated in like the international builds, and they said it was absolutely life-changing. Yeah. Um, I'm not in a place where I can do that right now with young kids, but maybe down the line that would be something I'd love to do. Yeah, but uh, I love to help... Um, the community that we're in, I think it's so great to see actual uh, real life Hamiltonians, you know, getting uh, their dreams of home ownership being achieved. I think it's fantastic. It often gets them into better neighborhoods. And when they, they have kids, they get to go to better schools. Like it just it's a it's a real kind of a domino effect. Um, and if you look at some of the research, it's, it's awesome. So it's great because I have this really unique skill set. Um, You know, being able to to close real estate transactions and help it with, you know, general business matters and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's it's there's not many ways I can use that to give back to people. So Habitat is like this perfect little like it's just, you know, the perfect little peg that fits. And uh, yeah, so I'm able to kind of use those skills to help them. And it's wonderful. So, and they they have lots of opportunities to you know get involved. Yeah. So I mean, they have the restore. We're hoping to open a second restore, hopefully in the Ancaster uh, area, uh, hopefully soon. Um, but uh, they have the restore in at Barton and Nash in East Hamilton. Yeah. So I mean, they take donations. So if you're ripping out kitchens or you know getting rid of any kind of stuff, you can give them a call and they come and pick it up. So oh. a lot of, not. I'm not sure if a lot of a lot of people know about that. And um, they always need trades to, you know, donate services, time, equipment and, um, you get, you know, a nice little tax receipt in return. So it's a good way to kind of keep crews moving if there are, you know, some, some downtime and they ha- often have build days too, where they, um, you know, they say, okay, like this Saturday or whatever the case may be, we're going to have a build day and people can just come out and volunteer. And uh, I believe there might be a little bit of red tape there that I'm probably skipping, but uh, if you are interested in, you know, if anyone is listening that's interested in donating or volunteering or anything, then feel free to connect with me and I can put you in touch with the right people.
0: That is just fantastic. Yeah. I was actually able to um, volunteer for them back in the day when I was an apprentice. Nice. Um, yeah, it was, you know, my old company did um, some giving back with them. So we, you know, going Saturday, Sunday, roughing mm. the house. Um, so that, that's fantastic that you're so involved. I mean, mother, yeah. <laughs> uh, wife, wife. <laughs> um, business yeah. owner, lawyer, yeah. um, big part of our community. Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming. Yeah. Um, how do people get in touch with you? um the yep. best and easiest way
1: best and easiest way is through the website or email so website is procarolaw.ca, email natalie at precarolaw.ca uh, or you can call us 905-963-8808 but uh yeah send me an email i'm, I'm like it's like an appendage so <laughs> pretty good at getting back to it pretty quick awesome
0: thank you so much guys i'll be putting a link in our bio um at, at Procarolaw as well So, uh, thanks again, Natalie, so much. It's been such a pleasure. um, Yeah. I know our listeners will will get a lot of value from, from you and, you know, you're always inspiring to so many people, including myself. (laughs)
1: That's so sweet. Thank you so much.